Happy Monday, dog. Happy Labor Day. <laughs> Happy Labor Day, Dr. Chase. You like my glasses? Yeah, those are kind of spooky, man. Are those? Did you take the nose piece off of those? No, or? you ever seen these? Hold well, that is the nose piece. Your nose. Oh, I see. It's not one of those gag glasses. Look what they do. Oh, my God. Oh, light up. You see that? They're camera glasses. <laughs> Kidding. Yeah. I got to have a pair. I'm video recording right now. No way. Yeah. What? They have speakers in the ears. You can take phone calls through them. They're called uh, they're called Facebook View glasses. And so I'm recording this right now. I gotta have a pair. Yeah. Where'd you find them? Amazon. I heard the Godfather Mark Zuckerberg talking about them on the Joe Rogan podcast. So I went and got a pair. They're cool. How much? Two ninety nine. Oh wow. I Not bad. They're have, Bluetooth. Have you tried them out? Yeah, I took them for a motorcycle ride and got some good footage. I've recorded a couple of adjustments. Of course, with patient permission. And the thing is, they have, you see the little light in the corner? Yeah. That way it tells people that I'm recording, so I'm not in creeper mode over here. Right. Pretty cool stuff. They can take about 15 minutes of video before you have to load it onto your phone, and then you can do it again. That's pretty cool. Freaking technology, other huh? Than, other than that, is it just the regular lens? Most of them are sunglasses, but I ordered them with clear lenses so I could use them inside. Okay. But you just hold on this button, listen. You hear that? Yeah, a little. Yeah, it takes photo. Mm -hmm. And then if you just tap it once, it turns on video. Oh, so you can actually take a photo with it too? Just mm -hmm. a Wow, that's yeah. got to be, man, <laughs> that's going to be too much. Everybody's going to have those. <laughs> I know, man. I feel like oh, this is it's a slippery slope with technology. You know, I try to uh, to stay somewhat disconnected, but this, I feel like, is a, for me, you know, this is like one step away from having a chip implanted. I was mad. That was going to come in my next lifetime, and that's a little ahead of, ahead of my schedule. Those Ray-Bans? Yeah. Frame? Mm-hmm. Cool. Some inspector gadget. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you're going to get people, yeah, they'll definitely be smiling just looking at you in those glasses. Man. I know. Yeah, everybody's going to have a happy face, I'll I say that. I know they're going to say, my God, he's so handsome. <laughs> so that nose is not a, that's, that didn't come with the glasses? No, this is straight from the factory, bro. <laughs> okay, don't. Right. Speaking of straight from the factory and other blessings that I was born with, fresh back from Atlanta, I was over there for the prenatal chiropractic seminar at our alma mater, Life University. Shout out life, War Eagle. Have you been over there recently? It's been a few years, actually. And it kind of blew me away because before that, it had probably been 10 years. It's even, changed a ton. Even since I finished in 2016, it's changed so much. Uh, the athlete dorms, you probably lived in those when you were playing rugby. Barclay on. Barclay, sure. yeah. They tore all those down, replaced it with nicer housing. All of the, you know, the, the actual chiropractic college, all the classes are probably pretty similar to when you were there. I was at the seminar and they told a story that I, uh, I want to share with you. It was about this tradition that this tribe has in Africa when a baby is going to be born. When a woman decides that she wants to get pregnant, she goes into the woods, finds a tree, and she sits under it until God sends her a song. And that becomes the song of her baby. She goes back home, teaches the song to her husband, they sing the song together, and then they conceive the baby. Once she's actually pregnant, she teaches the song to all the women in the tribe. And when the baby's being born, all of the women are around singing the song. That's the baby's song. The baby's here. They teach the song to the baby. Every birthday, the whole tribe gets together and sings their song. Any big life event, the whole village gets together and they sing the song to you. If that person ever does something that is considered to be horrible, 
a crime or, or something that they consider to be abhorrent, they have to go to the center of the village. All of the village people come around and they sing the song to the person. Instead of punishing them or putting them in jail, they sing them their song to remind them of who they are. At the end of life, when that person is on their deathbed, for the last time, everyone in the village gets together, they sing the song for the last time, and the person dies, and that song is never heard again. Wow. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. So I was thinking about it when I got back. I was like, I wonder, I wonder what Joey's song is. When I saw your brother Todd last week, I, uh, I told him the story and I asked him, I said, what, what do you think, what is Joey's song? And he, he taught it to me and I'm going to play that for you now. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> Isn't that when it, when I heard it, I almost cried. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And I'll tell you this too. If I had to sing to my wife to have a child, that'd be the best form of birth control on the planet. <laughs> and yeah. I told my mom that story and she taught me my song and I, and I'll also play that for you now. Oh, please do. Yeah, please. <laughs> but I was bad to the bone, bad to the bone. And I when when she played that for me, I said, "Wow, mom, that that's amazing. Uh, you heard this while sitting under a tree in the forest. That's that's incredible. But you know, now that I know your your song, I feel like I know you better. Oh, shut up. And I feel like anyone listening knows a little bit more about us too. Oh, we got some chiropractic to talk about today. Nutrition, maybe. What do you want to throw out there? The last patient of the day you saw before we are doing this podcast, what did you see them for? Oh, she had a bout over the weekend with acid reflux. Her hiatal hernia was giving her a lot of, you know, discomfort in the chest, shortness of breath, put her in a state of anxiety and some panic, and it was radiating around the front of her chest. So she's had a history of occasional the hiatal hernia pop out so we just uh, gently tucked it back in and she's better had quite a few of those this week sometimes they just pop out and randomly i wind up with seeing you know a couple of days sometimes but yeah that was the interesting one and she's been a patient on and off for a couple of years and she just happened to have a bad bout over the weekend what about yourself then what you have today last one that i saw before this was lower cross syndrome she had a anterior you were about that last and- week yeah, I think we were talking about upper cross syndrome last mm-hmm. week, but this one had an anterior pelvic tilt. So, you know, that's when the psoas and the hip flexor muscles are so tight and that causes the spinal erectors, those low back muscles to be really tight. And that causes an exaggerated lumbar curve. Because of that, the glutes, butt muscles, they turn off, hip flexors and quads get tight. So there's a protocol that we use to correct this postural malfunction. But the issue that this patient was having is that when they're doing planks, she feels it more in her lower back instead of in her abs because she's not able to sure. engage those abs because of that hyperextension because of that abnormal 
pelvic position. So yeah, she's constantly in hyperextension. So I've taught her some home exercises to do. She's going to come in for a two week treatment plan and we'll get her right within a short amount of time. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do some unwinding there, if you will, from a few years of overdevelopment. Yeah. And of course, sitting just compounds the problem. You know, they say sitting is the new smoking. So when you're having to sit for work, and that's just going to exponentially increase the problem. Especially if she doesn't support that lumbar curve, which is seldom they do because it's uh, extenuated and stressed in that sitting position. Little, thi- little things like that. You'll get this one. Guess what her sleep position is. A tummy sleeper. Bingo. Yeah, which I don't. I, I don't know how they can do it. I, to me, it, it seems like that would just extenuate so much pressure in the low back. But yeah, sometimes it's amazing. The very thing you think would have to just exacerbate it. That's what they're doing. Which, well, when you think about it, if you're sleeping, say, eight hours a night, and you're lying on your stomach, that's putting your body into extension. So that's increasing that lumbar curve. So if you're there for eight hours at a time every night, that's just going to lock your spine into that position. You know, I have a, a increased curve in my low back. If I lay on my stomach for two or three minutes, my low back starts to hurt. I'll tell you another thing about the stomach sleeper. Think about what they have to do in order to breathe. They have to turn their head one side or the other. So you, if you're turning your head to the left, you're shorting on all those neck muscles on the left side and you're stretching those on the right and you're laying there for three or four hours at a time. I mean, that's got to have an effect on the balance of the musculature and the nerves coming out of the neck. So those stomach sleepers, funny you brought that up because when I was first in practice, I used to want to correct all that with everybody, right? And somewhere along the way, a light came on and said, wait a minute, hold on, that's job security. If they keep sleeping on their stomach, they're going to have between low back and neck issues. So just a reminder out there, people, uh, chiropractor's dream if you're a tummy sleeper. I've always heard people talk about sleeping wrong, and I, I didn't realize that I was old until the first time that I actually did sleep wrong and just woke up in pain after doing nothing but lay there. It's funny that you mentioned that because sometimes you'll get a patient come in, let's just say they're in their mid-30s or 40s, which to me is young still. And uh, they're complaining, oh, this getting old. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, my worst back episode, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, I was 22, 23 years old. So it's not necessarily an age-related thing. Are you one of those people that can sleep anywhere? Not me. No, 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 no. And that's, that's both my brothers. They can do that. And few of my college mates because they do in front of me and then of course they fall asleep and then I can't because you know they're snoring or just the fact that they're already out and comfortable just aggravates me so no I like a quiet like we talked about dark room keep it cool and uh, everything needs to be quiet around me till I fall asleep then whatever you want to do is fine I feel like that's a superpower, being able to sleep anywhere, because I've always had to have certain circumstances, you know, like I said, dark room, cold, fan on, all that. I know so many people that can sleep in a car, on a plane, not me. It never happens. I can't sleep on a plane to save my life. Barely even doze off. Yeah, there's too much going on, and not to mention the tight quarters you're in now. No, until they come out with a soft side waterbed (laughs) in a California king size. I'm not sleeping on a plane. That reminds me when I was little, my my sister would claim that I tortured her. We were six years apart and she's got proof. She got video, I believe. Well, we didn't have video back then, but (laughs) we didn't have these glasses. back then. You didn't have video. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, she says, and I don't, I can't back this up, but she claims that what I used to do is when she was asleep, I would open her eyes like, cause she's a really deep sleeper. So I could open her eyelid and I would hold up a, uh, like a Power Rangers toy or something like that 
to try to give her scary dreams. I was doing experiments, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Power Ranger toy. I think, what was that, two, two years ago, three years? Two, yeah, yeah, it was two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Another story she tells about. See, we back in the, my day, the my torture sister. that I used to put her through is we were, we had just left church one day and we were eating this little restaurant in Clanton called the Smoky Hollow. She must have been four years old, so I would have been 10. And she was drinking a Diet Coke. It was almost empty. She had gone to the bathroom. And when my parents weren't looking, I took that bottle of clear hot sauce with the peppers in it. And I filled that cup up about halfway. And when she got back, she took a big swig through the straw. Of, it was straight hot, got a mouthful of straight hot sauce. Her eyes got so wide, I saw steam come out of her ear. She threw up all over the table. Mm. As soon as my dad realized what I'd done, he said, go to the car. I just remember being in the car, praying that he wasn't going to absolutely kill me. She still holds that against me. It's pretty brutal. She has not got you back for that yet. Oh, I'm sure she has well, multiple minute, times. No, I think you'd know. If not, <laughs> I think you got it coming, brother. I would be care. I'd be careful. I wouldn't sleep. I'd sleep lightly. She's playing the long game. Exactly. She's letting me think you know everything's that, you okay. Know, I'm just going to say they never forget. That's right. She's letting me think everything's okay until she comes back and pounces when I least expect it. So you got that looking forward to. Yeah. I'm sure you and Dale and uh, Ty got into a little mischief playing pranks on each other. I was just going to say, if you're talking about like the yeah the toys, the, what, what was that you, you said? The Power was, Rangers. Yeah, back in my day, I think it was a cucumber, and we stuck two sticks in the arms, and that was your basically your doll. I, I don't venture that far back in the brain anymore. So You were whittling toys out of pine knots, weren't you? Nah, yeah, yeah, with my teeth. Yeah, mm-hmm. that goes back a bit. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. While we're talking about what was the first TV show you ever remember watching? Oh, wow. It had to be something silly. It was black and white, I'm sure. <laughs> so you remember the first color movie you ever saw? Uh, no, oh, I can't say that. Back in the 70s, a lot of the stuff was black and white, especially the comedy stuff like Gilligan's Island, stuff like that. Uh, your sitcoms were all, you know, about that's about really all you watched. And then maybe something like Happy Days came along in the what, late 70s, so, you know, that was color. But you were still mix and match then. It wasn't uncommon to something to be on black and white, and you really just didn't, it didn't register to you that that's not in color, you know. Yeah. You know, you know what Nick at Night is? Mm-hmm, yeah. When I was growing up, I would be at my grandparents' house watching Nick at Night, and the shows that were coming on were like I Love Lucy, Beverly Hillbillies. Andy Griffith, Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. But now the shows that are on Nick at Night were shows I was watching when I was a kid, like Friends. No, I can't say Friends. I wouldn't consider that old either. Well, it's on Nick it's, at Night. I, well, it's everywhere. I mean, <laughs> yeah, try not to find it. Yeah, that and what's the other one? Seinfeld. Those were all, that's good stuff. Classic. Yes. It's kind of funny when we go back and we think about some of those black and whites like the Beverly Hillbillies and Lucy and stuff that when they came out in color, it was almost odd. Wait a minute. She had red hair? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's back in time. Yeah. Yeah, but it's yesterday, actually. Mm-hmm. It flies by, huh? Aldriana's already, what, two? Two and a half now. Two and a half? Yeah, uh, two and a half. Yeah, yeah. You feel like just yesterday she was born? Uh, it feels like she's ready for high school sometimes, yeah. That's what I'm uh, wondering about, you know, with my wife having a baby in a couple of months. Do you have any any recommendations for how I can make those first few years, those first couple of years count? Because I'm, everyone says they fly by, but I want to make sure that I, uh, I guess, really just absorb that time, yeah. you know, and not, and I don't want it to feel like a blink of an eye. Well, there's no way around that. Just, you know, grasp it. Uh, you're getting up early. That's the key. I um, mean, you get more, get more hours out of your day. 
Um, you're never going to have enough time, though. It doesn't. You just it's that's it's that beautiful. You won't. And uh, you know, my Bella now she's 16, turning 17, and uh, there's just not enough time there either. So, yeah, embrace those moments because they are they are grown up fast. It's, you know, Bella's Bella's about to get her first car, huh? Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dude! Like I remember, they put me in a '68 Pontiac. The thing had primer on the left front side, so it was you know. When I came down the road, everybody got out of the way, and those bumpers then they were chrome and they were like six feet deep. Um, they don't make those anymore, you know. So put her in one of these little nuggets, as I call them. You know, they look like a bicycle wrapped in aluminum foil. How did you get that first car? Did you save up, or did you, a family member help you out? I think somebody left in the front yard, to be honest with you. I, don't, I think I'm not even sure my dad paid for the darn thing. They had the floorboard, they had the floorboard cut out like you were pushing yeah. it like Fred Flintstone. Yeah, and of course, you know, it's South Florida, so there wasn't a hill to roll it down. So basically, <laughs> I think he had it tied to the back of his truck, and that's how I got around. <laughs> I think I had it two years before I realized he didn't have an engine in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I still ran into it a couple of times. <laughs> we were hip too. Now, two speakers in the back, six by nines. We were rocking. Yeah, I remember my first car. It was a Geo Prism white four door. The tires were so small; they were like bicycle. They were as thin as bicycle tires. My granddad gave it to me, and I absolutely loved that car. I would uh, I would take it in like a big field, and I'd just like get going fast, pull the emergency brake, start doing donuts. It was like a little rally car. I loved it. Yeah, that's all you need, right? Yeah, yeah that got you A to B. That's all that mattered, man. It wasn't so much about being cool. It was having wheels. So, 100%. Yeah. Same way with us. I mean, you know, we didn't think anything about it. Just, you know, as long as it got us out of the front yard, <laughs> we were going. All right, so what you want to talk about here, brother? Hey, let's do a classic, in my opinion here, the uh, 80% of all low back pain causation. SI joint dysfunction. Let's talk about SI joint dysfunction. I mean, because, you know, the old school guys, back before they had the MRIs and the CAT scans and whatnot, almost, they knew that, you know, 80% of the time those back problems started in one of, one of the two hip joints, as they call them, sacroiliac, we call them SI joints. People ask, well, you know, how do I develop this? Typically, they're going to wind up with a short leg here, well, pelvic instability, we call it. And the question that you get was, well, how did I develop that? And it's almost like how don't you? Primary, especially women crossing their legs when they sit, right? You know, you're taught that as a girl, it's ladylike. So they're doing that since they're old enough to walk, right? And then, of course, you know, you got playing baseball, say, or whatever sport, you know, sliding into second base, sleeping on your side without a pillow between the knees. So that's why I've noticed over the years, those seem to be the most common causes a low back pain they'll start there they may wind up in the lumbar spine you know with a bulging disc or real quick let me uh clarify what we're talking about with the si joint because some, some people might be unclear this so the si joint stands for sacroiliac joint and the sacrum is that triangle shaped bone at the base of your spine that most people know is a tailbone yeah exactly and then the ilium is the big pelvis bone you have two of them so the the joint we're talking about is where the sacrum meets the ilium and it rocks back and forth when you walk and one of the most common causes of lower back pain is dysfunction or fixation in the sacroiliac joint so as chiropractors what we work to correct is number one 
balance between these two joints because this is the foundation of the spine. So when the foundation of the spine is out of alignment, the rest of the spine has to pay the price and has to compensate for that. So what your spine craves is symmetry. Your, your whole body wants to be symmetrical. It wants to be even from side to side. So as chiropractors, we work in the symmetry so that your body can be in balance. You have less tension, sleep better, feel better, move better. Correct. I mean, it's, we're talking about that when you the SI joint, like we were talking about, the tailbone where it comes to join with what most people think of when they think the hip, okay? So when that gets out of alignment there, then we correct, we develop, or the patient develops what we call that functional short leg, being that it wasn't because a bone broke somewhere during their growth period and that it was stunted. It was just, it's functional. I mean, they acquired that from like we were talking, either sitting, lying, sports or whatever. Yeah, so it's not an yeah. anatomical right. short leg. It's not yeah. that the bone is shorter. It's that which the is pelvis why, is out of alignment, right. making the appearance of a shorter leg. Which when we take the x-ray, that's when we take the standing x-ray, weight bearing. Most people don't hurt when they're laying down. So a lot of times these x-rays that are laying down, they're, they're, they're useless to us because they pelvic unleveling may correct itself when they're laying when they're taking an x-ray laying on the back so we take the standing x-ray right because that short leg's not hovering above the ground when they come in here so it has to drop to the ground and as you were mentioning earlier the tailbone that triangular shaped bone the spine sits on top of it so if it's sitting on top of that triangular shaped bone we have a short leg on one side does it make sense that that's going to tilt towards the short leg side and then the spine sitting on top of that tailbone is like a vase on the coffee table and if you cut the leg short on the coffee table on the right side we all know the vase is going to slide that way and so the spine winds up doing the same thing now that'll put stress in the structure of the lower back but where did the actual problem start at well it started in that si joint if you will or that functional short leg so we'd like to correct that and i'll set the symptoms up the spine that occurred primarily from that that's why i was saying earlier you know I find about 80% of all back problems start there. And if you're going to fix 80% of all back problems, I say you got to fix that first. So everything else is sitting on top of that and compensating for that. Great example of that is idiopathic scoliosis, right? Which means basically, you hear that a lot <laughs> in the healthcare system, idiopathic means we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> that's right. So, but if you think about it, if that's what happens and the child develops the short leg at, say, four years old, and uh, then he's going to keep growing until he's out of his teens, then it makes sense that that may be why this thing is not growing straight. That might be the causation for your idiopathic scoliosis. Correct that early on, the child doesn't have to have those complications down the road. That's the way we like to look at it, right? And when you do catch it early enough, you can correct it. Absolutely. When you catch it later in life, after what would you say, after after the teens, after the developmental years, it's really almost impossible to truly correct a scoliosis. It is. It but is. when you catch it before the teenage years, it's it is correctable. Yeah. And that's why you'll find a lot of the, the orthopods they'll you know, they stress the fact that if they're going to either brace it or try to put a Harrington rods in there, they they kind of really press pressure to have that done, say, before the child's in seventeen, eighteen years of age. So we're saying that 80% of, of low back pain caused by SI joint dysfunction. And I would say that the, uh, that other 20%, one word, psoas, hip flexor tightness. The psoas is the muscle that connects the upper body to the lower body. It connects the rib cage and the, and the lumbar spine down to the, the femur through the pelvis. And it gets really tight because we sit a lot. People who work from home, people who work in offices, people who are constantly in a seated position have extreme hip flexor tightness 
because when you're sit when you're sitting down, the psoas muscle gets into a shortened position, and when you're sitting constantly, it learns to uh, it learns that that short position is its constant resting position. Then when you go to stand, and that muscle tries to lengthen, it's so tight that your body has to compensate for that tightness. One thing that I always work on with patients who have this tight psoas muscle are specific stretches to lengthen that and also a manual psoas release. And it is uncomfortable. It does not feel good. It's a, it's a type of productive pain that you don't feel often, but it's something that you get almost immediate relief with after you've had this type of release. So the psoas is a muscle. It, uh, it also makes up half of what's called the iliopsoas. So the iliopsoas is the hip flexor complex that's made up of the iliacus muscle and the psoas muscle combined. And its job is to bring the leg into flexion. So it brings the knee up towards the chest. When that muscle is tight, it makes it almost impossible to go into full hip extension. Extension is so important for the squat, for walking, for running, anything where you're moving forward, you're going into extension. So when the psoas is tight, it makes it so difficult to go into extension causing back pain. That psoas is really the only muscle that's directly connected to the lumbar spine and then crosses over into the pelvis, like you were saying, with association with the iliacus. So this is going to pull you forward. And as you were just talking about, this is a big muscle to people, and, and it's very uncomfortable to have that release. But sometimes you have to do that. And then once you get it released, then you got to go in and really start stretching this thing. Very difficult to do. Now, we were talking about that pelvic unleveling too. Right. If you develop that short leg on the right side and you've been running around like that for 10 years, your psoas on that side has to shorten because it's not going to just flap out there in front of you. Right. It's, it's going to shorten. So good luck trying to stretch that out. It's basically not going to happen until you get somebody working there deep and release it. Stretching does help. One of the other things I tell my patients, and we'll see this as you get older, you know who I'm talking about. They get up out of a chair, they come out of the car and they don't get themselves upright. They stay in a mild 10 degrees of waist flexion, right? That's upright to them. And so they give in to that tight psoas. Uh, that's where when I tell people, you know, when you get up, especially as you get older, when you get up, get up. Extend yourself, your body, and get up before you start walking. That way you're at least engaging those psoas properly. You're not letting them just keep you in a, board, a forward flexion problem, which is just throwing all that stress on that low back, keeping you from falling on your face, right? Good point there. Yeah, so stand up straight and then stand up even straighter. That's right. That's good posture. Get up and then get up. I wasn't around when they were walking behind plows, but I'm sure the chiropractors probably had a lot less low back issues back than we do today. 100%. Sitting. Yeah. Those were some very smart chiropractors, I'm sure of it, because a lot of them didn't have x-rays. They had to work without them, which is a bonus. Uh, I would say, I'm saying, you know, it's great to have the x-ray, but I'm sure they had to um, be able to see the inside from the outside, if that makes sense, and a lot earlier than we did. Well, remember the Gonstead Clinic, he had his own airstrip. He was one of the first big-time chiropractors who, who had a lot of success treating patients, and his practice got so busy People were flying in from all over the country, and he had to build his own airstrip at his clinic, and people would fly in. He had a little hotel there, and people would come just to see him from all over. You know, and that was great. Thanks, thank goodness Delta and uh, Southwest Airlines are right here for us now. We don't have to uh, open up our own strip. Well, we've got the Birmingham airport, so we do have our own strip. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by the Birmingham Shuttlesworth Airport. 
All right. And back to that SI joint. And we're sitting here right now. I'm sitting here anyway with one leg crossed. I mean, that's the thing. I tell my patients, hey, okay, we're going to stop doing that. And they'll say, Doc, you won't believe me, but, you know, I've gotten to where I don't cross my leg anymore. And then I'll come out of my clinic room, and they'll be sitting there in the chairs in the waiting room, and I'll just look over at them, and they've all got a leg crossed, you know. And I look at them, I just give them that eye, and they all uncross it real quick. And they go, I swear to God, only when I'm here, Doc. That's the only time I cross my legs anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, chairs don't exist in nature. You know, if you want to get down close to the ground, the way to do it is a, is a deep squat. But people lose their squats over time. When you look at a toddler, they can get in that deep squat position so easily, and they can just sit there in that position and play with their toys yeah. and everything. But over time, people, if you don't do it, you lose it, right? So people tend to lose the ability to get into a deep squat. So you lose function of those crucial muscles in such a primal movement pattern. So even just... The ability to squat is so important for prevention of joint dysfunction, joint adhesions, tightness, and back pain over time. Well, even think the people from the Middle East, I mean, grown adults, right? The Philippines, these people, they, that's, they squat on the ground instead of, instead of using a chair. And they're fully functional in their 80s, right? And that's a case of use it or lose it. You want to cure your back pain? Get a job working in a rice paddy. <laughs> oh, there's an option. <laughs> That's an option, yeah. Um, Josh, well, let me see. You got more on SI joint or you want to wrap no, this up? No, I'll tell you what, man. That's- well, as always, this podcast is sponsored by Rocky Ridge Chiropractic. We're located at 2531 Rocky Ridge Road. Vestavia Hills. Vestavia Hills, Suite 112. If you're having any low back pain, neck pain, any type of issues at all, feel free to make an appointment. Give us a call. Myself or Dr. J will be happy to take care of you. For now, brother. Have a good week, everybody. Yep.